0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Hut's Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest. Listen, the last time I spoke to this guest, he promised us that he would actually come back and do a second part of the conversation, and he's here. You know we have in the building today? We have Mr. Singing Melody in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss?
1: Lovely, man. Lovely, lovely. Everything is great, and um, as you can see, my movements is... Kind of just in and out of places. So I am good that I could be able to move back and forth in this time. You know, we thank God for the blessings of um, technology, too, as well. So everything is good and up.
0: You understand that 100% because a lot of people haven't really been moving around. And a lot of people, they're kind of stuck because they don't even understand how to work with technology in these times right here now. True. True. You understand. Wow. So our last conversation, we covered a lot of grounds, but there was still so much to cover because of this crazy career that you've had over the years here. So we're gonna try to get through a bit more over here, all
1: right? Yes. Yeah. Come on, respect.
0: All right, okay, because I know um one major thing we didn't cover was um the group Lust. Mm-hmm. So we knew I know how you meet you met Thriller U at at King Tubby's, that's where you met Thriller you. So now, mm-hmm. Lukey D and Tony Curtis, where did you actually remember meeting them at first?
1: Yeah um, For Tony Curtis um, I think where I met Tony Curtis again, this is like bringing back so many things and so many moments and um, I think I, I met Tony Curtis at the studio as well um, I think if it's not record factory it is arrows recordings and if it's not there there is another place in oterios called roof international so I think it's roof roof international will strike a a good place I think it's roof studio in oterios I think that's where I've met um yeah Tony Curtis um, it was it was really rather uh, you know a thrilling moment because you know as vocalists we are always, um, we are always drawn to other vocalists' sounds and sometimes we we it, it grabs us immediately and tony was one of those kind of persons that that have that unique sound that actually grabs us but it wasn't until he actually explained you know how important i was to him and, how, and the influence that i have on and on, on him when he was growing up because mm-hmm. we had talked about, you know, how he used to, when I went to Linstead to perform at a lawn close by his house, his home back then. And that place was more like, as you know, the original dance hall place. And he was just a kid. And, but when he heard the sound, he was looking through a fence and trying to peep over. When he saw me on the mic, he must say, oh, that look a black boy, the body, you know? You know? But, um, that's his, his, his own words, you know, saying to me that he grew up actually listening to my music and listening to me, and we became friends, and not just friends, but we became lovers of music together. And um, you know, I actually tell you, Tony, I played a great part of me being in Lost. Um, not that 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 um, it was there when Lost was forming. Um, before basically, um. After meeting Tony Curtis, Tony never know Luki, but him, him knew of Lukey Luki the and and the music and so on. But you know me, Luki and Chilla was much closer because we grew up together in Firehouse, at King Toby's and so on and so on. So I met Luki the in Firehouse, I, 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 you know, in Firehouse because as I said, and King Tobies because um, Firehouse band is Luki the uncles. Danny's Lukey the uncle and George, I think. So, and Luki is come from a musical family as well. The sugar belly band was Luki the Uncle um, as well. So, yeah, you know, right. there's a lot of different things and different vibe going on. So I met Luki, Shula, basically the same time going to King Toby's. So Lukey and I used to really just clash at times at um Shalamar's sound system with Amaral Bailey them I set we on and things to see who the better singer. You know, we used to clash, you know, sing off, and not no physical, no. the next mile we the studio, we laugh and talk about it, and it was it was a joy. Mm-hmm. But Lukidi D has been in the music for a while, and his first album, I think it was nine years old with Fatis and Borel. And so Lukidi D has been recording for a long time, become, before became famous, you know? He actually wasn't a Tink his artist, but he was there with his uncle playing music. I know Luke D played a little music as well because of the influence of Firehouse and they grew up together in a band and so on. So he was actually like the apprentice singer for the band and so on. So that's how Luke D really, we really get in touch with each other. You know, when I met Luke D, Luke D was migrating. I think he had migrated at the time and was in Detroit, but he was traveling back and forth the same way to Jamaica. And that's how this whole harmony thing comes together. Where Lukey D will come and say, Yo, you know, Melody and, and we have some song, and he will say sing this and sing that. And when it comes together, it's so beautiful. Because anybody who knows me know, know that I'm not really a great harmony singer. But I'm a great, I'm a I'm a great vocalist. Like I, I could I could pitch a vocals in any range you want to go. Lukey D knows that. You know, the sound was unique and it was strong and it was powerful. So we fusing together, me, Imantrila, you at the time, it was a beautiful thing. And we were always saying that we wanted to have a group one day because we were watching the music and watch how it's evolving and everybody now becoming solo artists and the group sounding songs were cutting out at the time. And that was about 19... I would say about nineteen ninety. Nine, about 1990 or before that, maybe about 1989, to be, to be honest with you. Yeah, because at that time, my first recording came out on King Tub is at 87, I think, or 86. Mm-hmm. So we were always singing harmony back then, but we weren't talking about lust. We were just talking about um, just p- the possibility of having a group together. Mm-hmm. And then, like I tell you, I met Tony before Tony and I became mm-hmm. friends. So when Tony started to come to Kingston now, him and Jigzy King, mm-hmm. we already knew each other before. So I used to transport them back to Linstead every almost every evening. You know, I had a little mini miner at the time. We call it um the, the Mr. Bean car. You know? <laughs> that was my first little car. It's a, it's a blue one. And you know, we had this big I have this big sound system in there. So I used to travel, we used to travel. I used to take them back and forth to, to, to you know, to studio and so on. And we used to just hang out together and have a great time. So Tony and I became close friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, then forward, there was Luki D, Trilla. I think Tony, I've met Trilla U before and, and Lukey D. So not quite sure how that connection was made, but I know through me, you know, we, 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 we became friends and, Luke and Tony start heard about loss and, you know, the idea and all of that stuff. So when he make Luke and Trilla know, a matter of fact, he didn't even realize that we were thinking of having a group. So he started saying that we should have a group. So it's like this thing we're adding to being, you know. With, with, with just the whole influence of each and every one of us that we are drawn to something that is much more powerful than ourselves, you know, and and said, you know, let this thing be something that we put out there. We came together back in 1996 and we started to rehearse together now and so on to try to so make this thing happen. That's all so I the mean. the group was, the group was
0: formed in ninety. so then now officially it came together in 1996.
1: Nine, I would have said... 1997, officially. And the reason why, because we're always on and off on the idea, and because of our solo careers, we're always traveling. And so I was living in the US and at the time. And Tony Curtis both now with, I believe I can fly. Have, um, you know, on a new management with Banking Law. So him have, I believe I can fly on another song. That was doing extremely well so he was traveling back and forth doing shows and he actually came to new york and we met up at dan one studio and he was saying to me why melody general you know star you come a far and come live star and general you, know, you know we need your backyard man We could just fly back down and put the group together and 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 stuff so i was like you know um yeah but right now i'm kind of there so am to try to build, build up the thing and i said no man I'm jamaica you for the I said, man, you mash up the thing. And, and to be honest with you, I went to home and I started thinking about it. Yeah. And I said to myself, you know, Tony, right? i yeah, go go down. So I flew down about the next month after that. Flew back to Jamaica and I called Tony and me, I said, yo, I'm going And I said, what? All right, me, we'll get Luke and chill you and XYZ. But we didn't actually have a name for the group. We just knew that we wanted to, to really have something together. So how did so, you guys even come up with the name here now? no, the name was pretty simple. Well, it was difficult at the time because we start coming up with all sort of different name and it just wasn't cutting it. You know, it just wasn't cutting it. So I think Luke Trilla was saying, you know, I think we need to use our initials. Mm-hmm. But start putting initials together, it kind of a little bit confusing. We didn't know how to place the letters. And um so the whole thing come together by us just saying, hey, let's use the initials starting with Luki. Since as is idea with this whole group, this is how the name now becomes really profound. And you know, so it is all of us idea, but Lukey was the one who actually came up with it at King Toby's and say, you know, we should have a group one day. You know? And um, we, he was the one who always initiating the, the, the rehearsals and the harmony song because he was very good at that thriller. You and Luki D is really the harmony gods when it comes to backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So they will, will actually come, come up with the harmonies and all of that stuff and how it should be laid out for the song to be perfect or the sound to be perfect. And then, how we fall in now is really just matching our sounds to that sound and singing the right key and everything. And everything comes together really nice. It becomes one Mm sound. And you didn't hear singing melody more than you hear Trilla, more than you hear Lukey when we're singing together. It's all just one sound that gives you loss. But then, when we perform songs, now we start to record, you could be able to identify who is Tony, who is Trilla. And so on, because that's what we wanted. We wanted everybody to have a shine. Because why most group really break up mm-hmm. after a while is because you always have this one brother that's a stick out now the song and him becomes the lead singer. Mm-hmm. So we're always mindful of that, even though we weren't we weren't thinking about that kind of ego, but you know, from time to time things will lead up that somebody will have to take the lead. So anyway, um Lukey D start with L and we're looking at it and then we will also put Trilla U second because, you know, the U will match and then the singing, you know, come together and then the T. So after we came up with that, we saw that it was lost, yeah. And we were kind of iffy about it because we were saying, well, you know, a word that is not really such a, a nice word to use. You know, lust is always something that always bring this whole thing like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's abomination thing unto the Lord and, you know, the lusting after woman and flesh and so Luciana, when Luciana heard about it, Luciana bust and, and good because I don't know if you know that we were before Luciana, so Luciana Bojo, the whole of them. We we bust long time before them. Them, they are youngsters them to we. Yep. But based upon the image, it may look like them they are long before us, right? <laughs> but we are here long before them. <laughs> so when Lucia busts now, guys, you know we are Lucia kinda tight, you know. And Lucia said, "Boy, have loss is the only thing we bother me now. Name, we don't need to change that name, you know." But anyway. The name came together, no, and we start to find, try to say, you know, we want to find a, a understanding for this name, what this name really mean to us, you know. And we put, we also put an um the acronym, you know, in between, so therefore you know the difference between the L and the you know, and the U and the S and the T. And then we say we wanted to mean something, so we came up with this with this understanding for it. It is love. Understanding, sensitivity, and trust. So that's what lust means, okay. right? To us. To mm-hmm. us, because it is all of us personalities that comes out in that. Mm-hmm. So the love Luke is always the peacemaker, even though he's always also the troublemaker sometimes. But him have him him cry the love and the peace and the thing, and he always keep the unity within the thing. Now, like you, is the man we always I say, I understand, but miserable. You know, I am the sensitive one. You know, I pick up on things very easily and, you know, and, and I want to, and I'm serious with it because at the end of the day, somebody has to have that, that seriousness within the business of of how we do things. And then the, the trust now with me, Tony Curtis is the man we always I talk about trust and more loyalty and bag conscious things, you know. Yeah. So, love, understanding, sensitivity, and trust is really what's defining lust, you know?
0: Big, big, big right there. Because I know, again, it's yeah, Luke E.D., Thriller U, uh, Tony Curtis singing melody. We know that. But again, the meaning behind that, that's pretty profound right there to even come up with that now. Me right? personally, the first place that I heard lust, I might be wrong, was Stone Love, was playing a song called Sweetness of Your Love. That was one of the first times I remember hearing about Lust.
1: Well, that was the first song also. It was the first song that we wrote together, and we produced it along with Banky Um, I know Banky Lust get this name and the label is because he was managing Tony Curtis as Banky. And um, what ha- has happened is that after meeting Lust and we decided that, you know, this would be a good guy to manage because of course, you know, he was Shaba road manager at, um, before and so on. They did a great job with Shaba. So we just thinking that this would be a great combination. You know, we could use some farmer methods like that. In other words, to bring us to the international market. Mm-hmm. Banky did so. So when we, had the, when we wrote the song, we didn't have a label at the time. And we're calling Banky and we asked boy, you know, we'd love for you to produce the song and to put it out on your label. Mm-hmm. So the label now and the name Banky Lost now is attached, is really lost. Why Banky Lost, the name Banky Lost became Banky Loss. So so we took on the, the whole movements of lost and Banky carry lost on the shoulder. He did everything that he could have done, in other words, to promote the group to get us number one. The song was number one almost everywhere. And Collected several amount of awards, you know, you know, Nick to neck with Beanie Man that year, you know, um, was the first song that released with Lost that create the first international vibe for mm-hmm. Lost. Mm-hmm. That's where everybody heard about Lost. Everybody. We're talking right across the globe, you know. People were saying all sorts of things. People are saying, no, man, this is not real. Um, yeah, they're going to mash up soon. Four big singers, no, man, this never not last. You know, things like that. Because, you see, we didn't tell our story. We didn't explain to anybody why. But long after we started to do interviews and we started to explain to people why it was important to have a group back in the mix because the group-sounding songs were fading out. Musical, reggae music history was dying. And we recognized that because we were also lovers of group ourselves, you know the Paragons, the Mighty Diamonds, you know. If you think about all these groups that was here before, you know, and the Melodians and so on, those music were stopped playing on radio. So what Lost did, Lost was the first four solo artists ever to break grounds as a group in Jamaica. It is a part of our reggae history No, That is our history that we have created. And out of that came the TOK, the ARP, that every all of these groups come back to the forefront now and start to collab. Before, used to have Mansa Shock,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and so on and so on. But and that and, and that is really after loss really created. And you can go back and look at the whole history, and you see that I didn't realize. One of the
0: I didn't realize that it was really since ninety seven that lust has been around, and how many groups came out after the fact.
2: It, it
1: was quite a few of them and yeah. um like I said there was always group in the background but never brave enough to to come to the front mm-hmm. so when lost lead out it was it was time for groups to roll out you know and um we saw that they did a fabulous job by doing so because it helps to create another blend within the industry and level the playing field that, you know, Arm um, and the music was playing. T.O.K. was a little different, and I like what they brought to the table because it was just different. It was a different kind of group sound and dancehall vibe too, not just, you know, singing. You know, even though they did a couple hit songs singing, but it was, Loss was really like a vocal bro- group that bring the classic part of the music together, you know, and um, you have the A.R.P., which was doing really nice, then after that comes another group called um, what they call themselves again. Oh man, I forgot I forgot the names because they didn't stay long as well on the market. But you know, it, it is a beautiful thing to to look at it now and see what we have created and realize that it is here to stay. You know, loss will never be one of those groups that you see break up. You won't. You might not hear in us now. Mm-hmm. But we are working in the background, we are doing things and we are communicating every day. As brothers, still we have a group that we chat in more times, sometimes we custom and on a post on a post more joking at this group yeah, more than music work. Who wants some work? Who wants some ideas? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm the one who always complaining to them and saying we need to come up with songs and we need to get that. Sometimes Tony Curtis now. Is a man, like me said, he's man we always actually post things in the group and I say, yo, listen to that song, Loss, so you can at do that song. Because Loss was built also on original music because we realized that we have done that in our solo career. So we want to bring forward a group that is different. And so we started out singing original songs. You understand all original songs, so such mm-hmm. as "Sweetness of Your Love" was our first song. Then we come with "Run Free," then we came with "She Got," "She Got Me," and then we start to follow with an album with be original songs. Mm-hmm. So "Just As I Am" was actually a song. We were actually after after "Run Free," we realized that we need something that a little different. We were. It it took us a long time to really do a cover because we're always saying no, we don't want to do any covers. Anything that we're bringing forth is supposed to be written by us. And and if you go back and you look at the albums, you realize that all songs are written and produced by us. You know, um. So when we when we heard when Luke Kiddie said to us one year that hey, look guys, I have a song that is going to do extremely well. Cause Luke Kiddie is the one who always write and he always are pick the songs. Okay, yeah. So Luke is the one who actually helped us to really find songs. Tony Curtis play an intricate role. Me, and you know, me on the business side, so me always I work on the business part of loss. Um, so for for a creative soul coming together, it's a it's a fight, it's always an argument <laughs> for choosing songs. Yeah. so I realized that. So I step back a little bit and take charge of the business and then let the creative minds and the one them who always are tussled up with them one another, cause I don't like to argue and fight over stuff that can be very simplified. So um I just step back and I let Luke and Tony and Trilla. So even in the studio sometimes I'll be they'll be writing and I hear that a line is kind of not really so powerful. I will chip in and put in my line and I might say, Yes, singer, yeah man, yeah man, that song that line that shot, you know. I <laughs> chiller will say, yo, I'm gonna like that. Mm-hmm. You know? And to me, it's either cause I still gonna get my piece of the pie. So why am I arguing about a line that can make the song either better or worse? You know, <laughs> if it's if it needs something better, then change it. You know? But what I don't like is that if you're going to say this is not good, then you need to have something to back that up. You can't say something is not good and not have a backup. You know? So that is just my thing. And that's... Lost has been a family. Mm -hmm. So like I said, Luke D came up with the idea with Just As I Am. We didn't know what song we are going to sing. We just... He just said, Guys, we have a studio time, 8 o'clock. Everybody must be there sharp. So everybody asked the question, What song are we going to sing? He said, When you come, you will see. It's a very easy song. No need to to worry about anything, you know? So, at the same time, you know, when everybody comes together, we decide, we meet at the studio at 8 o'clock and we're there, the musicians are there because we do everything live, you know? That's how lost to work. We don't believe in a one-man show or a one-man band. We do everything live, everything, a full band come in and set up. So when I when we got there, Firehouse was there, the original people them set up Everybody had up each other you are going calling you, go on, Cali, you go on, and everybody had messed up everybody and the engineer was always working, was always working with us, always there Fixy and, 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 and so on, as I can remember. And so Luke he started show the papers now with the words and say, Alright, guys, this is a song. So when I look at it, I say, Well, but this is a cover. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, Yeah, it's a cover, we have a do a cover. We're going to do a couple. I said, You sure? Well, you sure? Because we said, We're not doing a couple. I said, Don't worry, man. I sang it. I eat song. I it. So, musicians, them start to listen to the original you now to try catch. Because all those work, working on loss is a type of group. If we're going to do a song, mm-hmm. it has to be done no less than professional. For sure the key has to be right the mood has to be right for the rhythm and the elements has to be correct if it's not close to the original it has to be better and that's how we, we cover song you know if we're not going to do the song justice we're not going to do it you know i don't care what song it is so musicians them strike up the band and everybody get excited so when they said all right melody you to sing the chorus we said no I don't want the chorus. <laughs> I want a verse because every time there's a song, i to give me the chorus to sing. And I feel like all I'm good for is to sing a chorus. So, Luke, is a yeah, i call you at the studio to sing a song. Mm-hmm. i have the song. Plan already. You want the want to know the song or you don't want to be in the song. So, I said, all right, I'll sing the chorus. <laughs> so, so, that's how I end up singing. You say you love me just as I am and if you go back and you listen to the the original version you can hear that the songs are similar if not better with trust me so 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 um that that moment like as as it was yesterday just coming back to me now like yo when I heard that and I heard me singing that I was like yo this song is gonna be powerful you know so after the song was recorded, and everything was done, the song, the studio time was finished when we actually completed the song. But the engineer decided to give it a rough mix, because he think, his, his, his mindset is that, yo, this song is going to be a hit. So he started to rough mix it and, you know, special finger on it, and till the time gone over, over. Hmm. And that's how love the song was 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 at the time in studio, before mm. it actually hit road. And that's how Just As I Am was created. It was just out of looking in his mind, like just thinking about the sounds and the songs and, and just speaking. Inspiration, again, was also another one the same way. So those are the two covers that we did yeah. that actually did extremely well for us and um, give us some really good clout, especially with with Ear Supply, and also with the original songwriter, which is um, Rob Eagle. Yeah, That's the original songwriter for Just As I Am, because we thought that Ear Supply wrote the song. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, after the song came out and hit, the original songwriter reached out to me on Facebook, saying that he really appreciated, he said it's the best version of the song he has ever heard. And not only that, this song probably make him a lot of money because this Good. was a mega hit for loss worldwide
0: crazy 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 and another one where i know you guys changed your style and almost brought it back to dance hall for a bit was goffier
1: goffier was also an original song and and we wanted to create a twist on the old time style mm-hmm. you know um you know, um, bring back the the nineties the, the, the melodies, you know. Go fear, go fear, give it to her. You know, it's a it's a kind of it's a kind of vibe, like a Mosta staccata vibe, but the really we the rhythm was playing and complimenting the song. It was just it was just amazing. And we had a great time writing that song because it was so easy. You know, all of us wrote the song, but it was so easy to just sing it because it was like again, I said Lukey. Play a great role, and we're not taking any credit from anyone because it's all of us make this possible. Lukey e. D alone couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to blending and finding songs, Lukey e. D will come up with ideas, and then Luke 21st I will catch on because Tony had the man when him, him catch on quick for any song and start right same time. And then you know, chiller come in, and then my vibe is just different, and everybody just make the song just. Trust me, you can see from me the starting to you and, and the energy that I'm giving to you. is really like you're near right now, actually experiencing experiencing the, the moments of how we create. You mm-hmm. know? For powerful energy to work on with.
0: Big, big, big dear. And how many albums have you guys recorded so far as Lust?
1: Uh, two. two. I think it's Sweetness of Your Love and um, You're the Inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's two albums um, that we have done. Um, there could be a third one in the making soon mm-hmm. um, but um, we have been recording and trying to find um, a way through how we can be able to to bring something really generously to the fans who have been waiting so long for another lost album and the reason for this delay like we tell people is because of the solo careers it's it's really... And we're not in the same place at the same time all the time, you know. And Lust is a type of group. We don't really send around really myself on the record a party and then I'm on the record. It, the energy not go great. If Lust don't come together at one place, then you won't have an album. It's really just what it is. It's authentic. And we like to bring that energy back together pretty soon.
0: Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Now, before we even come out of the Lust the, um this last section here what i wanted to ask you now you guys were four established artists already how easy or how hard was it to say now i'm gonna join this group we have to fly as for we have to get paid as for we have to do double places for everything now is for a post a single what was that adjustment like in the first place
1: you see because we already understood what we were up against we're already understanding what we are dealing with um we know that this wasn't about money mm-hmm. we know that this was about building something for jamaica and jamaican people and the world to really to really have as a gift from us because i think when god give you a gift you should not limit yourself you should extend yourself the, to the best possible way that you can able to extend that gift and it's, the gift is not just singing melody so now I have two gifts, you know, which is lost mm-hmm. and singing melody. So because we understood that from day one, it was pretty easy. The money thing, now we understand that we're going to have a breakdown of five people getting paid, uh, sometimes 12 out of one money. So we were poor guys. We're still poor guys working mm-hmm. with, within the music and sharing what we earned within the music, with the team. Because the team is not just loss. It is loss plus management and band. So we're sharing whatever we're getting and splitting it down the line to make sure that 20% comes out for management. After that, then you have us getting paid and the band getting getting paid. So we are the last to really get paid because we have to pay the band members first before we take our cut. Because we want to keep everybody around us and the team happy. You know, and just sometimes you have PR in the mix of that, you know, and we have to now spread everything. So, yeah, it is. It is. It, it was pretty easy. We have never had an argument over dog money or <laughs> splitting because everybody understood what it was, you know. It's not uh, what it is. It's not, the, it's, not, it's not the money. It's really just a thought for someone reaching out and saying, we need a lost dog. We are uh, always happy to do it, and we're always happy to split and take less, you know. There was time in the group where people say, Yo, Melody, are you the man you know? If leave, man, you know, see, you know, see group I hold you back. Because you know why? Because we already established solo careers, and what happened is that after after working with the group, we realized that the group is getting more attention. But that's what that's a that's a deliberate move. It's not because singing melody don't want to work on singing melody because if singing melody becomes more prominent than a group people is going to only book singing melody so we have to take turns and we have to know build up the group so the group can be able to get to a certain arising where them can be able to sustain themselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: so when there's no solo thing going on the group are getting paid so we always have a backup plan so there's always work for the group there's always work for individual because you have some people who don't want lust they just mm-hmm. want singing melody I have some people who just want tuning alone. And sometimes, they want just singing melody and chill you. And sometimes, it's just chill. So no matter how you take it, the work is always there. You know, we are always working. We are never yet need artists who sit down and not doing anything. You know, if it's not with a group, it's with your solo career.
0: Makes that makes a lot of sense. And somebody like you that's been in the business so long now, from the eighties to right now, twenty twenty one. Want to ask you? Three of they could either be in lust or as a solos. Three of your most memorable either shows or moments you've had in this business so far.
1: That's a very difficult question for lust. Um, Mm -hmm. I will tell you this because anywhere lust goes. And even fellow artists once lost walking, everybody want to perform first, nobody no want nobody no want go after loss because it's not just lost it's really the power of loss mm-hmm. to reckon with so when you put lust on a stage with like a a berry salmon and uh you see it many times it happens you know. And, uh, and 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 a Sanchez and I thing, you having a powerhouse show right there, you having a show that can't finish. Mm-hmm. Because everybody bring that energy. But you see with loss. I remember a, a, a conversation that we and Uncle Berry have. We say Uncle Berry, you know, because you the Berry the maestro, the general that right now, our Michael Jackson that for Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the man. You know, we put nothing past Berry's and nothing before him. This is a force that's reckoned to none. But I remember one moment we lost. Um, we were we had two shows booked: one gen- general degree show in Manchester, and we have another show in the the same night. So we wanted to perform a little bit before. Berry, so we can able to head off to the show. Mm-hmm. But Berry was scheduled to perform at one. So we wanted Berry's slot. So Beris, we went to Berry's. Berry said, Why? No, that not about me, you me, know. I am slated to perform at one o'clock mm-hmm. on the move on you know, FB. <laughs> so the man will go back again and we are reading school number. No, we have a uh, next thing i go going the grill, man and this is important to us, Barry said, Uno, no, sir. And I and, and, like we can do Barry's catalog, not at all. Mm-hmm. But the man set out a female from me, no group until now. I was in a group myself. Mm-hmm. Uno are the wickedest thing I ever see. Uno can't before me. It's simple. Una wait till a turn. But of course, you know, Barris was just joking. Just making people feel like, you know. So him said, Oh man, it's all right, man. You're not my youth, man. I'm you my youth. No you can go before me. Mm-hmm. And we went, and I tell you, it wasn't an ordinary night. And we left after, shortly after. When, so we said we wanted to wait until Uncle berry go on, right after us. Mm-hmm. And when Berry's went on, believe what me I tell you, it's like, Yeah, you know, say, loss. Great, but Beres Beres is just berries. You can't take anything from that. But 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 what we did it was to create a moment there that leave a stain on the people in mind. That I said, no man, mm-hmm. berries shot, berries mash up the place. But why the group they lost. You know? So that was actually one memorable moment. Another memorable moment is we were in Cuba. Okay. And this is the first time we have ever encountered anything like this. Japan and them place our place how we are. When we go there, tour sell out, um, totally. So there's many memorable moments, but that moment, the Cuba moment, General living moment was the two that stick out in my head. And Fra- and there's also um Germany. Okay. So when you're talking about loss now, you can't you can't pinpoint a moment because there's so many great moments, but I'm just coming off the top of my head with what I remember. In Cuba, we mm-hmm. were performing, and while on stage with the band, money, 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 we couldn't sing in peace. There was us money, money constantly chewing on stage. When we're done, we get more money than what we got paid. And we have to now put up that money among everybody because it was so great that all the MC come on and start take up money, putting a fee for the camp, saying it's a part of
2: <laughs> But,
1: and that was IT and Fancy Cat, I, I remember precisely. But um, there's many great moments, man. Loss is just a group that when you book loss, you don't have to worry about nothing. Because you're not only getting lost, you're getting solo performances. And hits so when book you book in loss, you have to literally slack two hours for lost performance. That's basically it. It exactly. should be getting a, a spicy show that cuts shot.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so then and give me work. one of one of your one of for your solo career, one moment that sticks out in your mind almost forever that you will never forget.
1: Battle Clash 1990. Mm-hmm. I was in the hospital, devastated, broke up from a motorcycle accident. Well, the paper said they don't think I was going to make it because I have two major surgeries, mm-hmm. one on my head, and the next one is on two legs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: was broken along with hips and jawbone and all of them stuff. So when, pe- when the paper come to the hospital, they, did, they just saw that man on the bed. But while I was there, I was actually just asking God for another chance and telling him that I will do well if, if I got another chance. And and them times I was just laying there. I didn't know anything, don't know what is happening. Just laying there, a motorcycle accident. Me and Tiger actually had one of the worst accidents in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And um devastated to the industry at the time, because I was on the rise of my career when that happened. A I have The song out called, Baby, we've been in and out of love so many times. The Michael Bolton song there, and I covered it on the boom, boom, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-boom-boom. You know, and I tell her, that song was ripping dance hall. Yo, them times... The the highlight was between me and Sanchez clashing all the time. People are saying, Yo, we are the better singer. Cause the song, the hits them are roll off now. We now we are finding niche, we are finding key, you know, to, to the key now to the songs them, and we are we are we are create hits. So it was a back-to-back song you get. And right in the midst of that, the accident set me back. So everybody said that this was gonna work. So after about a uh, six months in the hospital or seven months, I started to recover. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started to get visitors. And um, so at the time, you have Skullman, who's an artist as well, and his brother, who's a dentist. And they're the one who actually keep the show Bada Clash every year. With and Shaban, everybody was on that show. That show was a massive show at Coney Island. Anybody can remember this moment who I've been there. You know, hear me talking about this, it was really a, a breathtaking moment. It was a very um, touching moment as well for the fans because people fainted at that event. Fainted, crazy people fainted, and I'll give you the character of the experience. So, Skullman came to the hospital to visit because they want they, they had booked me and bought class before, but mm-hmm. uh, before um, before that, and the accident took place. So. They, didn't, they wasn't sure that I was going to make it. So after they got the news that, you know, now receiving visitors, everybody now started to come and visit and stuff. So they came and they were like, yo, my brother, I'm glad you're alive. And I could hear them, but I couldn't talk because I have a lot of stuff in my mouth to hold up the, 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 my jaw and things like that. But I could make signs, shake my head and things like that. So they were talking to me about the possibility of coming to Bada Class just to show my face.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, I don't think I could do that, you know, at this state. No, but let's see, because Bada Class is six months away, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how show I used to promote it. And all the major shows, they, people know what time of the year they will, they will be appearing. And they will appear for those shows because they were religiously. Just there, you know, in the mind of people because when people used to go to those events, oh my god, people will enjoy themselves, they don't leave till four, five, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. sure I done nine o'clock, you know. Mm-hmm. So, as two weeks progress past that, three weeks they came back again to see my prop, you know, my progress. And this time the wire was out my mouth, so I could be able to talk. So, we start talking, and them I say Yes, man, I mean, I said, Yes, man, we yes, have we try to make it possible because. Me, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but for me, it's like, I felt like this opportunity I get now, I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to lose a moment of it. I couldn't walk, but then I could have talked, and I could have seen because I got back. If you look on this side, you will see where there's a, a high, like a, a buff if you carry it closer. This is the side that was worked on, and there's still a, a piece of bone just there. So... When they came, they're like, yo, but I don't think you're gonna be able to sing, man. And I said, no, man. I go sing man. And doctors, everybody, they usually just come to my bed every day because, you know, I'm star in the hospital and everybody wanna know who this guy is and mm-hmm. so on. So I tell them, yeah, man, I will set it up. Don't worry. So my jaw get better now. I could be able to sing, I could be able to do anything, cause I'd gone through the therapy and everything. Everything is great here now, my head. You know, because I have a skull fracture that a rock actually got inside my brain when the accident took place. And I have to do two surgeries on it because, one, they didn't extract properly. So they didn't know that there was a stone inside my head until my head started to get so swollen. So that's when they have to put me back and do another thing and realize there was a rock in my head. And that's how I, I recover from all of that. So when I couldn't talk, all of that stuff that was happening, I could have gone. But like I said, my reasoning with God that actually brought me back to this life. No, that I could be sitting here to talk to you. And after that, border clash coming in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'm cutting everything short. Next two weeks, border clash in the making now. So I said, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm still in the hospital. My legs are on weights and things. I can't move around as I want to. I'm still in bed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, there was two nurses that from the UK, two white nurses that was always there and always coming to see me every day. So we were talking. I was saying to them, hey, guys, would you like to go at a show, like a stage show? And they were like, yeah, but how are we going to get there? I was like, no, I'm going to take you. And they were like, "No, but you can't, you can't, you can't move." And like, "Don't no, worry about it, man. We're gonna work something out." Mm-hmm. So I asked them at the time, which was really wrong, and I I, I put the, the, the job at stake at that time. Um, but I really wanted to get out there to let people know that I was alive and I, you know, I'm well, and I'm, they can look forward to me coming back to the industry and things like that. So I was determined to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So. I called him and I asked him if they knew if I find an ambulance guy that I could talk to. <laughs> and they said, oh, we don't know. That. Um, we can check for you. And so the security guard that was there, no, I actually went and get him and ask him. So the second week I got a wheelchair to roll out the bed. And this is how God was just working on me fast, like really quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. And I got a wheelchair now. So I start to roll myself outside now. So that's how i able to make connections with people now and, and give them instructions and so on. So the ambulance guy came mm-hmm. and I, I set up everything. So I tell the promoter to come and see me at the hospital. So he came back, Skullman. I said, we're going to need some money. Mm-hmm. so he says what for I said we'll have to pay for the ambulance we have to do this do that all of this is illegal now that I'm talking <laughs> about this. I'm so sorry that I could be could be to sit here and talk about this but yeah it's just real it's just what's ha- happened at the time mm-hmm. so the ambulance guy come and, and I said yo I'm giving money and roll me out of here. after the sister come and visit the ward because we couldn't leave before the sister come and check off the patients yeah And see that everybody was good and everybody was well tucked in. And then the ward locked down. The nurses on the ward, I I basically talked to them, set up everything. said, look, don't worry, I'll be back by before morning. The ambulance came the the, the night of the show after the sister gone, quietly. And the nurses that I invited come. They are the ones who operate the chair that turns into a bed and... The, the driver helped them to slide it in the ambulance, and I would be able to transport to the venue. When we get onto the highway, the siren, ah, oh, no, by this, and you know, we are cut road because late. Everybody has said this; it was a surprise to the fans, you know, because the fans he wasn't expecting me. Okay, this was a show with Shaba, Ninja Man, all the artists at the time that were the top artists was on this bill. Mm-hmm. shabba was in his prime ninja man was in his prime and brother when the ambulance reached at the gate when i said people you know we're not talking about no joke people you know the, sh- the same amount of people that's inside of the venue is the same amount of people on the outside so when the ambulance was cutting through now they said wow somebody must dead inside here mm-hmm. and i heard somebody said i wonder if i sing a melody you know, just like that, you know, and I was like, wow, I wonder if they see me inside here. So I'd start to tell the nurse, make sure all the windows are closed. And <laughs> and they said, no, no, everything is closed. Don't worry, you're good. You're good. And got backstage on you know, the ambulance, reverse, and they back up, and they roll out the bed, and the bed now turned into a chair so I could be able to sit in it. And then they have two, two pieces of metal that goes out so my leg could stay elevated on it. So the MC you now... Lined up everything, and it was my turn to go on stage. And brother, when the MC said, we need to have some assistant to put this chair on stage, is people lift me up and on camera on stage, in the chair. Crazy. And when I started, I literally started seeing females fainting. People, men, I dropped down because the crowd was so tight. And the place was getting on fire, and it was just a moment that was just so... bridging up till now, that moment, sometimes, at a rate of this, Jackie, will interview, will know the history, always talk about this moment, because they remember it like it was yesterday, you know? And that was one of my memorable, memorable moments, but there's also Japan. When I first went there, as we talked about it, I was the first Jamaican artist to do a, a reggae Japanese song, and that was also a memorable moment for me as well. There's many, there's many. But that one with my accident, take the ice yeah. thing.
0: No, for sure. Because you know what? I remember back then, Tiger had got into the, the motorcycle accident. But I didn't realize that you had got into a motorcycle accident at that time. there also too.
1: Yeah, then. before, but my accident was before Tiger. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Didn't realize so, that.
1: Yeah yeah especially and now. that's how that's how most of and at that time that's how most of the artists them start selling motorcycles you No, know? like captain barkey and we come on was me captain barkey we come on tiger well and we were always riding together for, to every party and every dance you know and so after that after tiger accident i think that's when everybody know decide that this motorcycle thing not work Go to we used to, we, and we used to ride to to get out you know, who used to ride bike too, mm-hmm. you know, because I met him at a very tender age as well, you know. So, yeah, man, so it's, the journey is really it's really big, you know, and it's it's a lot of things to remember. Mm-hmm. But I, I, as I'm getting older, I'm remembering all of them, you know, and and it's it just so refreshing to know that I'm still here and remembering the past and, and still trying to create a future, you know.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure. i got a, got a few more questions before I get you out of here because this is actually the second part here where we did the first part already. With you being in this business for so long, I want to know when did you think was the highest point in your career so far and the lowest point in your career thus far?
1: Well, the highest point in my career is when uh, I have a song, Back for Good. That was the highest point because that was the song that did it for me internationally, globally. Like people really know singing melody, like know of this person. This is the guy, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, yeah, 2000, I think 1998 or 99 into 2000, that was the highest point. Because as you know, I have some challenges before that. So my career was always building and slowing down, building and slowing down. Couldn't really find my way through. And um that song with Colin Fatah and Balbiak, um, which is Fatah's label, I was with at the moment, that created that new highlight in my in my in my career. And um that was it. That was it for me. 2000 2001 two three four 4 was the year of just singing melody, just booming and, you know, was just on the high. The lowest point of my career, I don't think I've ever gotten to the lowest point because I'm always in control in terms of what I do and how I feel. You know, music wasn't something that was, that I felt like, you know, I'm responsible for and I need to be up in people's face every day. So the moment I'm not there, I feel like I'm not anywhere, you know? There's always a thing with me that, I actually adapted from some of the veterans. is really, humility is one, and, and the next one is timeless. Be a timeless person, where your music, no matter how long it takes for you to bring something, when you come with it, it will be correct. You know, it will be awesome. People will love it. And, they, you know, I try to create this staple that stays on people's mind all the time, where people will never forget who singing melody was or is, you know, because of the kind of music I make and how timeless they are and how they fit in in everyday life. So you will never, you will never have, I never had a a low, low moment, but I think my low moment was the accident, but it was also a high moment for me because, you know, it was a moment that actually brought me back to how fast I was going to get there. And it actually slowed me down so I could be able to see a little bit clearer that I could get connected with God and, and understanding that this wasn't just me who wanted to make a career. God has something to do with your development and you need to take it at a pace where you can. And you see, is all of this bring even the highest point of my life, you know, in my music career. Um, so I will never forget the highly flavor of the Most High because he's the one that actually brought me to this far, you know. I couldn't say it to me because mankind knowing... Knowing mankind, we are self-destruct, you know? It's like giving a baby a candy. He wants another one and another one and another one, you know? Because he don't, he don't know that, you know, this is not good for him and he can't have too much, you know? So with human beings, is the same thing. If you keep giving people success, they will never know their failure, you know? They will never get to understand why do I fail, you know? So the, the music itself is like... Um, is like a university mm-hmm. for for wisdom, you know, and I think, I hope that someday I could be able to pass on this knowledge as we're doing now to my books and, you know, just my humility and, you know, how we can able to get to places by understanding, you know, wh- who are in control and what we need to do to be there, you know? And, you know, so it's all of this thing. You know, most people will say, "Melody, are the bull crap because we can just go and do whatever and get there, but... Yeah, for some people, it may work. And for some people, it's just, just not happening, you know?
0: Makes That makes total sense also. With your accolades, okay, what are three accolades that you hold dearest to your heart? You know, it doesn't have to be the world's biggest one. It might be the first, the last three accolades that singing melody has received that you hold dear to your heart.
1: Ah, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one is Rockers Award because that was the one that actually opened my eye um for best new artists of the year and and things like that. Um uh the next one is Back for Good because that that was a song that you see everything was coming like it come at a certain steps, you know, that 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 you say, wow, you know, I mean you know, you realize that was the iPad, but then receiving something to highlight that, that, that actually fills you up to say, yeah, you know, best reggae song of the year, best um, reggae artist. And, uh, rest. I think I, got, I received like three awards for that. Um, Tamika Award as well. Um, wow, it's a lot. It's a lot of them. But but and, and recently with Lost, I've received another one um, from the minister Bobsy Grange um, for entering the first um, recording artist to enter the, the the festival competition with Bourgeois Bantam the other day. We have received um, one one for Lost as well. Um, and Lost have received many too, Song of the Year, this, that, that, and that. So there's a lot of little awards and we haven't got to the Grammy yet, but that's the highest achievement and we'll hope to get there. We have mentioned in the Grammy a few times and, um, you know, I'm grateful for that, in that our name even got mentioned in the lineup of the albums that's in the Grammy, which was, they call me Mr. Melody, was one of the 50 reggae albums at the time that selected and in the lineup for Grammy, if anything, but, you know, you actually never made it to the nomination, but just the mentioning is really great, you know, to see that you're there and you're climbing. Now with the next chapter, this is what I you know I hope to do with the next chapters to actually get myself in there. But because of the restrictions and what we're going through now with live performances and getting yourself popular out there and be in people's face and promoting and marketing is really kind of have a slight limit on you know our ability to get there. But we'll see what the rest of the year brings. And um, that is my wish that I achieve the highest point in my life before i leave this world and can able to do many if possible you know um this thing don't have any any restriction is really just we have to work our way up there Mm -hmm. and we say to every artist if you put in the work then there's something there for you we don't know how much we don't know what but we were the type of artist wasn't really always working and getting things you know it wasn't about that it was just working for the love of the music and Try to gain more fans as we as we get as we get there in life, you know. Um, even though when you go on our social media, you might not see 10 million people mm-hmm. or 50 million people. And I made a statement on this the other day because it is real. Um, those people that you saw on my on my on my thing, some of them are followers, some of them are real fans. Majority of them are real fans. So When you go to my page and you may see 15,000 people or 13,000 people, don't be alarmed. Mm -hmm. My fan base is much bigger than that. But based upon what social media promotes and how people get their followings, Mm -hmm. I am not a pro at that. So, And I will never buy generic followers. Um, Everything that I do in my life is automatically generated by what I do there, and these people follow me just to follow what I'm doing, are their fans that actually know me and follow my music. Because I've met fans even on my page. I can be able to sing word to word with me with songs, and my life too. Mm-hmm. So that shows that these are real, organic, and authentic people that's really paying attention to what I do. What we hope is that these authentic people can be able to turn what we're doing into real numbers and that's where the challenges are is getting the real fans to to really start buy into what you're doing and not just there to listen but to actually invest like what you're investing with them because what i don't think the fans really understand is that we continue to spend money to come up with new projects because we want them to be a part of it. We want to invest with them. you know. So if they do back the same favor, that means is that we will be getting somewhere together. So why you don't hear your favorite artists sometimes is because there's not enough to actually bring new music to you. It's all easy and said and done when people may look at artist and say, but all you have to do is sing. Mm-hmm. No, it is not that simple because putting a song out there takes a lot of money to market, to promote. Not even talking about the production part, because the production part costs money, but the marketing is really what costs a lot more. And now we're in a digital age is that the old school thing don't work no more. So yeah, it works, yes, for the print medias and things like that. And but for your everyday fans who have them them cell phone and them on every minute I look so those are the ones that have multiple choices. They can scroll past you in a jiffy you know, if them are looking for something specifically, but if them stop at you, we give thanks, right? Because that's what we're working towards. We're in a digital age now, so we're working to understand how to manipulate the digital age and to actually bring it to life. Sales is also another problem that we have, is that the fans are not educated enough how to buy compared to streams. So it's a lot of things that our industry is going through right now that determines Grammy, determines everything that we do to grow. It. So don't think that is not because the songs are not good that the artists are putting out. It's that it takes a lot more to create that and to get that happen. So, yeah. make
0: that, mix, that makes sense also. Last one I have for you before I get you out of here. This one is more on a personal note here. This is your weight loss journey, all right? Because I know, was it something more... On purpose, something that came along. How did that come along in the first place? Because we remember singing melody as somebody that had weight and had on a lot of size. Well, not a lot, but you were always a, one of the but, bigger singers. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah, do you have time, bro? Because co- I have time. This is this is this is really this is actually the biggest part of the, the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So the next chapter, the album, as you, you were playing earlier. Um, it's really about my life and uh, my journey. It's really just explaining that now will take a little bit of time. But let me get started. It's simple.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a few, four, five, six years ago, a matter of fact, six years ago, as I was talking to my friend in uh, North Carolina, I was trying to explain to him about, you know, just eating healthy. No, back then I, w- I didn't have the knowledge about eating healthy, but I just knew, like within myself, that you know something is going wrong and we're not eating the way we're supposed to be eating. You know, um, you know, I started to question meat because st- eating so much meat, um, I started to you now start to reject meat. My system started to reject it because there's so much of it that's inside of you. And you didn't know that you're not supposed to be eating these things from the get-go. But because of trend and doctrine and how we grew up, we eat these things because these things were brought to us and brought to our table, and we have no choice of food, and we didn't know better. Even our parents didn't know better, so they fed us the way how they know. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will say, yeah, man, then we are eating a long time, and nothing wrong with you, man. We're good, man. No, but you see, life is much more than that. It takes years for you to die, and it takes seconds for you to die. It depends on how you treat yourself. So your food is your medicine, and your medicine is your food. It is simple as that. So for me, I woke up one morning and just have a light head. Just My head just light, like I can't balance, and my ears was always giving me trouble, and, you know, I start to realize that something is wrong. Went to the a doctor. They can't find anything wrong with me. They don't say, say well, maybe you have vertigo. And vertigo, is, there's no cure for it, as what they say in the medical fields. But I grow to find out otherwise that this wasn't so. Mm-hmm. Now, I woke up one morning. I felt really bad. Like, you know, I said, yo, I can't do this anymore. My system starts to reject food now, like certain kind of food I can't eat anymore, and so on. So my phone rang. And this was Craig from Voicemail. Okay. And he said, Well, I go and, sing, and you know, me just I touch base with you a long time, you know, you're from you, you know, so you know, I heal you up and thing. So I was like, you know, my brother, I'm here, man. Everything good, it's nice to hear from you, man. You alright and thing. And he said, Yeah, I said, How about you? And I said, as usual, I'm always honest, you know, I said, well, to be honest with you, my brother, I'm not well, you know, I don't feel good. And I said, what I'm, say, well, I'm you? And I said, well, you know, I woke up this morning and my head was light and I can't stand up properly. And I said, really? So I said, wait, you don't know chemo? So I said, no. I said, keep it on guitarist, man, chemo, man, Dr. Chemo. So I said, no, I said, oh, yeah, you mean to get, I said, yeah, man, See him get, the man. <laughs> and I'm sorry alright hold on I'll call him for you just like that and he called him but he didn't get him at the time so he said you know what I don't know why I'm not getting him but I'll call you call you back and make you know so he called me for a favor and ended up helping me so long and the short of it called back about 20 minutes after and he said guess what Kimo just came off of a flight I'll make him call you soon so Kimo called me on his way home and he said, Wait, why go and sing on sing Um, Craig tell me say, you know, well, I said, Yeah, man, me not feel well, me not nothing detrimental, but me just not me can't stand up and balance properly because my ears, you know, my ear, my my system does half balance. And, him say, and he said, wait, he said, All right. Don't worry, I um I come in to see you. So I said, when, how soon? And he said, Well, I can come. You just let me know. So I said, Listen, I pay for all your expenses, just come. So he brought a box with some medicine. I didn't ask him to, but because he heard about what I was going through, he wanted to make sure I have something immediately. So he came the following, about two days after. Mm-hmm. And when he came to my home, now he's like, "I'm starting to get excited." I say, "Yo, yo, you have some powerful things, around here, you yard, man? So you know, I use them. I mean, so we are talking more because I may see." Is bush, yeah, and weeds. But he see power in these weeds because I don't have the knowledge to know what herbs good for, and I uh, do not know nothing about that. I say bad, I like meat, everything, meat, me anything, mm-hmm. rice, flour, everything. And he just said to me, "Man, you don't even realize." So he start to walk me around the yard and start to pick herbs and eat them and literally tell me what they're good for. So for that, at that time, I was kind of really kind of get more interesting now. I said, yo, if i pick something when we use weed walker and walk down every day and say, boy, they're not good. And then I bush up the yard. This man, I eat them. So there must be something to them. So he started to tell me what the name of the herbs and I started to research them. Mm-hmm. And I realized the power that they carry and I said to myself, I said, John, also, I've read this in the Bible before. That the herbs are the medicine. Sure. Healing. And why are we not using them? So this part of the knowledge is that we get locked out of because of the everyday lifestyle that is promoted to us, which is death. Mm-hmm. We don't realize that all these foods that they, they're promoting to us is, is the way to shorten the life. It's not to extend life. So I get more interesting. So we start to sit down and talk now about me. And I start to tell him how I eat. And he said, no, man. He said, you've been digging a grave. He said, Michael, let, let me see what's in your pantry. Mm-hmm. So we go inside, open up the pantry. And the man who him and said, Jesus Christ, Melody, man. You yeah, dig a grave here, man. The man said, we got to get rid of all of this out of here immediately. Like right now. So I was like, oh, shoot. So what are you saying? I have to throw away my basmati rice? Because I me, love basmati rice. <laughs> the man said, yeah, man, this coconut aisle, this oil where you have having I said, you have to dash with all of them things. These are the things that are clogging up your system and causing problems. And me asked to and said, no, man. We had a, a long 10 minutes argument over the food. So I said, all right. You're here to help me, so I'm going to follow your lead. So he said, Get a box. I'm not talking about this kind of energy when we me have now, because we never have no energy back then. We just very low key when we talk and so on, because I'm getting slower. I didn't realize. So he said, Just get a box and we start to pack. So I said, All right, I'll give the guys them where I work outside. He said, No. If you're not eating it, don't give it to them. Carry it out of the garbage. So I carry all the food me I talk about over. 500 us dollar worth of food
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just drop right in at the bin at the garbage can and the man said as from no one do not buy back these food don't put any meat in the fridge don't store no chicken don't store not like that mm-hmm. so he started to know check out the herbs them and he said all right this one we're gonna go on a a three-month cleanse he so what I'm going through is that my system and my digestive system is now rejecting food because it's very sick. And this is one of the most important systems in your body. And if this stuff work, then you're going to have all sorts of different problems. The next thing is that you're clogged with all these things that you've been eating for years. And like he said, oh, well, he was. And like I would give him a number and say 40. He said, well, your sickness in your body is 40 years old. Hmm. So he says... To remove these toxin out of your body, these are the products that I'm going to show you how to take them. So my wife is was here at the time. My wife is, is a, I would say, she's a very, very intelligent person. She do, And everything is about education for her. So if it's not documented, mm-hmm. she's not getting involved in it. So she said, Everton, are you sure you want to do this? So anyway, she got into the conversation with us because she don't believe in what I believe in at the time. Got you. So she wanted me to go to the medical doctor, but I've been to the medical doctor so many times, and the medical doctor couldn't figure out what I was going through. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take a different approach. So chemo now starts to explain what these things are, what's inside of them, and what they're good for, and what, how important it is for your system. So he started to explain all of that and we started to research as we go along. So there was a tea that he was giving me to make three times a day after drinking Okay. And the tea is called vervine. I want you to go look up this tea. It's called vervine. Mm-hmm. So when he presented the tea, my wife, now she's a Google specialist. So she start Googling it right away because she don't want me to drink it. So when she Googled it and she started to search on the history, of the, the plan, It's good for even she.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> she starts, oh my God, what am I thinking? This is good stuff. So she bought, she spent probably about 50 grand with the guy the same day on just herbs because she started to realize. So, so I start to follow Dr. Kimo's procedure along with a diet and the diet is simple. Over the years, we've been eating all these hard food and and don't realize that hard food doesn't work with our body. Mm. Our body is mineral-based. No protein, nothing. Minerals. Proteins are fabricated to encourage you to eat meat. Got you. So this is really um, a, 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 a person who came up with this idea back in about the 17th century. I don't remember how long ago, but Dr. Kimo have the, the notes and the history on it. Mm-hmm. And when they asked, what are the electrons in proteins? They couldn't find out. They couldn't tell us the electrons because there's no electrons in protein. The, these are just stimulant food. Meat, they might encourage you to eat. Mm-hmm. So when they tell you about protein, it's really just telling us a crush of meats and stuff that blend together that gives you... They telling you that this is good for you, but there's no there's no electrons at all. So, and your body, as me and you speaking now, is mineral based body. That's what we're supposed to be getting every day to be good, and the body can heal itself properly because the body now needs mineral every day. Minerals, you have, have over hundred hundred minerals a day. So, I'm gonna show you something in a second that blow your mind. One second. Mm-hmm. Now, I have this thing in a bowl because I've just made some this morning myself. So, I'm going to show you what are 96 raw minerals that you're supposed to be taking every every day. Okay. So, this is called sea This is real sea If you pick it up right now, it is a gel. That's it. Mm -hmm. It is now cooked with 96 minerals in it. Now, this is what my diet was. CMOS, while I was doing the cleanse. And let me tell you, it wasn't an easy one. Because this cleanse, first of all, the food, I'm off the bad food now that I was always eating. I'm going to tell you what's, what's happening, the miracle that's taking place. Remember, I tell you, I wasn't feeling well. The first two weeks of taking the herbs my earrings start to clear up. That is the first thing started at me. The, the, the medicine that I get, my brother, they don't taste anywhere near good. Not even close to anything where you do eat in uh, your whole entire life. Just think of the most worst thing mm-hmm. you have ever put in your mouth. This is worse than that. Okay. The, stuff, the first time I entered in my mouth with a shot glass of the cleanser, Mm -hmm. it changes the concept of how I think. It disturbed everything that was going on inside of me when I swallowed that thing. Mm -hmm. The taste of it was on my tongue for about a week. It couldn't come off. And I have to take this thing three times a day, on time. My brother, I passed out some stuff that I know I eat about six months ago. And I thought these things were outside in the sewage. Mm-hmm. But they were still inside of me. So even though you're going to the bathroom and you're getting rid of some waste, there's some stuff that's stocked up inside of you that can't be removed unless you drink bitter plants. These herbs that may I tell you about, these are the only things that speak to these things. Mm-hmm. You can't drink water, forget it out, and you can't drink medicine, forget it out. Because these are excessive mucus. That clogs organ over time and it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller till it becomes Mm stuck. Just imagine you trying to drive on an highway that is blocked. That's what I'm talking about. So you're not going to get in where you want to go. So even if you're eating something good, it's not going to pass to get to where it needs to go to create the energy that you need. So the cleanse was important first. Three months of cleanse. And my diet was sea in the morning, sea in the afternoon, sea in the night. And all I did was to just blend for my breakfast, like I did this morning, sea mm-hmm. mass, extract vanilla, cinnamon, two ripe bananas, not overripe, just ripe,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and some Papaya. That's my breakfast every morning. So this is what my diet was. And then in the evening now, sometimes I will make cereals. So I uh, I will blend green bananas Mm -hmm. and and, and use ripe bananas as my sweetener because sugar is cut out my diet too because he said sugar was creating a major problem and that also is a part of our human being fight, the sugar that we're getting. The synthetic sugar is definitely a killer. So he told me about the sugar, and so I started to use now banana as my sweetener. Got you. So I blended banana, green banana, ripe banana, cinnamon, coconut milk. So coconut now becoming now the real ingredients to make your food taste good. So oil was out, sugar was out, flour was out, all of these things was, oh, so now him start to give me now the kind of food I need to eat that will speak to the body. So I went shopping. He gave me some menus and I started to make them until I become a pro at creating my own menu. And every day is something different. Brother, I have never tasted anything in my whole life. Like this kind of food I'm eating now. Now, everything start changes from there. Because after my 30-day cleanse, cleanse, my skin start to feel better. My dizziness is gone. I've never felt that again for six years. My system is completely clean. My digestion is completely clean. My digestive system is 100%. So I now decided, no, I'm going to go back to the medical doctor. Because I want to do now some checks to see what's going on. Because they have the machine for that. The herbal doctor don't have the machines, mm-hmm. but he knows how to get you better. So I went back to my medical doctor, and I spent crazy money doing all the tests. My doctor called me in the following week, and he said, I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you've been doing. Um, because this is almost a miracle. So he says um, what why what, what are you eating?" I said, well, you know i i don't I no longer eat the food I eat anymore, and this that that I've been telling him everything that I was doing. I tell him that I went on a herbal cleanse. He said, uh, yeah herbal cleanse it's good things, you know good things and he was saying that, that's good, that's good, so what did you use and And I said, Well, you know, I've got some cleanse from my herbal doctor. I didn't go to all all uh, of the nine yard but I tell him that there was a product called 90C1 mm-hmm. that we started taking first, and then we have the stabilizer because when you start to cleanse, the way all oh, you get weak because you're not eating the carbs anymore, you're not eating the the the, the in cholesterol anymore, you're not doing this, you're not doing no bad food. So all you're doing is taking out all the garbages and putting in good things, which is the minerals that we've been missing over the years. And by start doing that, start doing that, start doing that, you know, everything started to progress and come, and come into play. So he said, wow. him said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, man. Everything is okay now. Your system is in a huge stage. And this is about two months after my cleanse. I wasn't even finishing the cleanse. I wasn't, my cleanse wasn't even finished yet. Mm-hmm. So this is a three stage. You have cleanse. You have stabilizer because you get so weak. So he has to give you some things that give you energy that you're you're able to deal with the cleanse because it was terrible. And after the cleanse, the stabilizer, then you have the builder. The builder knows really how to build back your, your core system. So therefore your system, your muscles and everything Exact um excessive mucus is drained out of you totally. You don't have no big belly again. Because you remember, I used to have big tummy, normal tummy is literally flat. Like I didn't do any hubs, all I did was to stop eat all of the food then. and a little bit of exercise with that walking, because he explained to me about running mm-hmm. and walking. Same result, it's just that. When you run your heart rate go faster, but you also damage other things. Like you will you damage your knee, you will also damage your ankles, you also damage a lot of things when you run. And this is a herbal doctor talking to me about these things. A man who know about the human autonomy. We studied that before he can even become a herbal doctor. So, so with all of this, we started to help a lot more people because knowing me, I started to get excited, so I started to spread the good news. And everybody was really proud of what I was doing. So I became now not just a person with no illness whatsoever. At 53 years old, I have, my prostate is zero, zero point 00.1. And, you know, most Jamaican men, after them reach, forty, and prostate start going up the one, mm-hmm. you know, one, zero point something. When my doctor checked, I went to the U.S. and I did a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up, the doctor said to me, Mr. Hardware, what have you been eating? I I mean, you're so clean up there. There's nothing for me to to clean out. But we still did a cleanse, you know, but there's nothing. Tell me, what's the secret? Mm -hmm. So I said, food. And he said, oh, my God, keep on doing what you're doing, son. He said, whatever you're doing, just don't stop. So over the years, we've been lied to about what we're eating and not realizing that we're killing ourselves. For sure. And many people will say, I've been eating it for years and I'm okay. But what is years? Because most people think that when you reach 60 and 70, you're you're old. No, you're not. The only reason why you feel that way is because of your food that you're eating. But if you were eating healthy from the get-go – you would have reached all 200, 150 people on the planet here living 250. You're not here 200 years old, but you're not here about them. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that we wanted to live forever. I mean, every human being I know would want to live forever, but we know it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But what has been promoted to us, my brother, for decades now, is really debt. You don't know, hear people talk about how to live long, because, you see, living long is a cost to society. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to live long, it means that you have a day and you take up space where other people should be able to, 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 to inherit. You know, when you look at your land title, you see it says 1000 years, you own the land for 1000 years. People <laughs> didn't know that because when you get a land title, all you know you're the owner for this land, so you don't That's take time, time to print. But when you go down and you look, I see say you own you're only are owner for 1000 years, even though you peer feet. Mm-hmm. because they know that it's going to come down to your generation after 1000 years the land goes back to the government you don't own it again mm-hmm. but how much are we going to live till 1000 years mm-hmm. not much but by generation to generation to generation till your generation die out but if you take care of yourself and your and your genes and your, and, your, and, and your DNA stay balanced and fresh like how you came on earth then you will be able to create a better, a better DNA within your children. So your children will be born healthy. There will be no sickness in them, in them, in them, in, them, in them DNA, and they will The only time them take on sickness is when them start to eat the kind of food again that changes their DNA, and your DNA is really your blood. And that's why people even act differently when they eat certain kind of food. Your behavior change. Your hormone change. Since I stopped eating meat and all bad food, I don't even have an odor. You know, you know, everybody have a little body odor. But when yeah. you stop eating meat and you stop eating bad food and you just cleanse and clean your system mm-hmm. and start eating good things, you realize that your body odor changed as well. So you don't need to put the, the roll on that the your pies we on because these things go into our pores and cause another illness again. That's another thing that people don't even realize. You know, things, it's not everything that is greater is gold. Sometimes you have to question things. You have to question what it is that you're doing and how these things affect you, you know? And I've gone so far into my studies now that I'm starting to help hundreds of people. Okay. Hundreds of people we help daily mm-hmm. and we're talking we're talking about 100 people 100 people with results we're not talking about people that saying that they might buy the product we're not selling no product we're selling life we're telling how to eat mm-hmm. now before you actually start eating right you have to remove junk out of your body because you can't carry dirty clothes going a clean place and I say you're clean <laughs> you have to clean out what's inside of you and start putting good things Mm-hmm. so you can have good result. And anybody where you know who actually went on a herbal cleanse, check back them diet and see if I'm going to change them, change back to the regular things while them start to get sick again. Okay. So that's been my journey. And continuously, um, I don't even cook. Most times there is no pot here because my food is so easy to prepare that I don't literally have to put on a pot. I could simply go outside and pick up fruit from a tree, mm-hmm. and that fruit will sustain me and give me all the electrolytes and the nutrients that my body need. Just like that, the cells them wake up, you know, by eating a fruit from my tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't I, big Sunday, you know, in a Jamaican term, Sunday dinner: red rice and rooster. <laughs> I been up that panettiere, table, not talk to nobody. Content will last me see a red rice and rooster. That has gone for six, seven years now, going six years now. Next year will be seven years that you don't see a red rice and rooster up on the table.
0: Yeah.
1: And my wife also don't even cook that thing anymore. You know, every now and then I will eat a little fish, a little bit of fish. And the reason for that is because fish is much lighter mm-hmm. and it's easier to, dis- to to break down in your system. So, I'll eat a little bit of fish every now and then. But because I grew up on fish, my dad was a fisherman. So, I ate all the fishes in the sea. So, fish does not entice me anymore. So, chew that no not already. So, I am eating zero meat. That's what I'm saying to you. Zero meat, zero rice, no sugar, and all my food that I buy now. I'm going to show you two things or three things before you leave. And you can go and look them up. One second. No problem. Okay, these you can find in your good supermarket. They will have the, the aisle that supported them. But if you can't, it means that other people are getting healthier and too. so then buy them off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to your local supermarket and you don't see this simple organic vanilla extract, Okay, that is for like if you want to put vanilla in your flavored um stuff, this is called tech. <laughs> you need to check that out as well. Mm-hmm. It has no fat, no standard fat, um, stratified fat, it has no trans fat. No cholesterol, no sodium. It has sodium a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, because you know how all plants mostly have sodiums. Um, no um, 15% carbs, right, which is 42 grams. It has um, um, dietary fiber, 3%. No sugar. Mm-hmm. This is called Tep. It's a farmer beans. They're mm-hmm. very small. If you look at the grains in the back, there's yeah. millions of them in there. This is what I use for syrup. like if I want to make a a porridge, blending with green banana and stuff in the morning, some coconut milk and some vanilla extract. This usually my breakfast. Then you have another one called kamut. Um, I didn't take it up, but you have kamut. It's a farmer rice, but it looked like it looked like wheat, but it's not. It's not the, the the wheat that we know as brown rice or whatever. It is a more beans. It takes about an hour to cook. But when you eat that, there's no binding. There's no constipation. You pass your stool very easy because it breaks down. The system breaks it down very easy. And these are just healthy stuff. This is a tea called Malaka. I can show it to you. You can write it down and you can go research it. This is my everyday tea, um, and this one is called Panicolata. You can also look this one up, too. And there's a lot of teas I, I use, right? These are all manufactured here in Jamaica. You don't find this in the supermarket. These are all the herbs from the mountains that was found by Dr. Kimo, and these are the ones that you need to consume to remove toxin from your body every day, mm-hmm. right? This is not herbal life stuff we're telling you about. We're telling you about the real stuff that actually works and give you results. So, these are just some of the stuff. I have a lot of stuff, but we know we don't have the time to show everything. Yeah. But that's the side of me now that is now that I'm mulling into, in other words, to help other people. So, our program that we have set up on IG every Sunday is really to educate people about life and health and wealth. So, that's it, my brother. That's where I'm at. The next chapter.
0: The next <laughs> chapter, and that brought us right back to that album. Where could they purchase it? Right now online. Stream it and or purchase it.
1: The next chapter can be purchased on all digital platforms. Amazon, you have um, can stream on Spotify if you like, if you have a paid Spotify account. Uh, so on iTunes and all the digital platforms that you have in your region. All you have to do is just type in the next chapter, singing melody. And you're right at the fingertip right there. You can just press play immediately to enjoy the music that you get in. That's the new project out right now. The video for Caliente is also out on my platform, which is Singing Melody JM on YouTube. And also to follow me on Instagram, of course, Singing Melody, and on, on Twitter, Singing Melody, and also and TikTok, Singing Melody Music. Also on Facebook, Singing Melody Music. So there's all the platform there. If you're lost, just Google Singing Melody and you you will find one person. There's only one.
0: Only one. One and only one. Mr. Melody, again, this has been the continuation of the conversation. Has been so epic. Learned a lot. We even went down a road that I didn't even know it would go down with is the health road, which a lot of people are going to learn and hopefully they'll tune into your program every Sunday, you said? on Instagram?
1: Every Sunday at 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Um, it's with Dr. Kimo. It's something that we're religiously developed because of our relationship and because of my growth. Um, and, and and as an example, people may say, oh, my body reacts different from yours. No. Mm. If that be the case, they would have different stranger COVID vaccine to <laughs> give all of it. And that, th- that's not the case. Your body is a mineral-based body and that's what you need to know and you need to know that minerals is what you need daily. You need other foods. But minerals are the most important thing that you should be consuming every day. And look how that good. You put it all the way in the bottom of the sea. If you that's not terrible. seek knowledge, if you're not seeking knowledge, you won't find it. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Bible say again, seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall be answered. You know, in many ways. So this thing called sea mass carries 96 minerals when you cook it. You cook it easily and I will give you the easy way of start adding minerals to your diet. When you get the raw sea you need to soak it overnight. Mm -hmm. A handful of it like this, like a fist in a bowl, in the morning when you wake up, it becomes alive again. It never dies. Now... When it becomes alive, you need to strip it and pick it, take off all the, all the seaweeds and stuff that's itch on it, little rocks and things because, you know, it grew on the rocks. So you have to take off the stones and all of that, wash it down properly. And, and then you put it on a little water in the pot and cook it for about five minutes or okay. so, boiling water. What that what that what that does, it actually dissolve it and make the minerals them come out more protein. So, as it is raw, you may have about 50 minerals. But when you cook it, you get the 96 of them. Show up. Now, that's how powerful it is. This is only 96 minerals from the 100 and add minerals. But if you take just 96, you live a little longer. Yeah. And you realize that you're getting everything that you need. The chicken and the rice and the flour and the ox and the bean. and all of them something there. Try leave them out of your diet, they're poison. They're going, they're not going anywhere. First of all, your body can't break them down. Your digestive system cannot break down meat. Learn that. Once you learn that, you'll realize that eating meat is really poisoning yourself. Because then again, you're now starting taking on different probiotics bring out your system where God gave you. Because God makes you with your own probiotics, you know. That means to eat away bad bacteria. So if you put your hand on a microscope, you will see little things moving around in your hand. I, yes, will on, something like in my hand. No, that is how God make you. To eat bad bacteria as a way, so therefore you can stay healthy. Now when you eat meat, you take on a different kind of probiotic now, that is animal probiotic, I'm bringing out your system, your system now, and start to fight against your good ones. So you start to eat that meat. You're killing your original probiotic and have an animal who knows. So them take charge and start to control the system now, control how you behave, everything. And, and then the meat now break down. So in a no time, you start a big gut. You start, you know, when people are saying, Oh, I look fat and you the man look good in you know, the man. No, you're dying. Yeah. You just don't know you're dying slowly. And that's the thing is until you, one day you just get up and just have. Some illness, and you go to the hospital, and you say, boy, you have cancer. You have all of this stuff. And all of this does cause by excessive mucus in the body,
2: mm-hmm.
1: clogging up organs. So depends on where the doctor finds the sickness. He will just give it a name, the, 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 the executive name that they do on the research, and the coded names that you don't know. Because if you don't unlock this code, you won't know what it means. So you will hear that you have heart disease, you have lungs cancer. Mm-hmm. Lungs cancer is really just telling you that you have excessive mucus that blocking your lungs. You can't breathe properly. Everything is getting small and tight. Mm. So in no time, you die. But if you get rid of this mucus out of your body and start to shrink it, you realize that your body starts to do the work if you're eating right. Putting in the right food will help you to correct back your system and put you back on schedule. Blood pressure, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, pancreas, um, um, what you call it. Um, yeah, all of these things. Excessive mucus. Until next time, my brother. Mr. <laughs> Melody, it's been an
0: epic, great conversation. Again, we like to see many sides you As We've seen the singing side, and then now we got to see the real life side, how we're eating to live. And that right there was amazing. Before I get you out of here, I need a few lines out of Say What.
1: Say what, lady, down oh, you to me? Did you mean to tell me? He put you down for another. And what? Lady. Show with me, babe. Did you mean to tell me? He put you down, lady. He put you on and I take you in. And give you love and then a real man bring. So much more I have in store for you. (laughs) It is love always. And another thing I have to tell you before I go. My energy is much higher than before. Mm -hmm. So I preserve this moment to bring you greater music, greater energy when you see me out there back in the world. My shows will be more live and spicy. Everything comes back because of life itself. Respect.
0: Mr. Melody, let me give you an outro and get you out of here because this was an epic conversation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. Blessings, muscles. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.